Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast, where we strive to bring you useful and timely information to inspire and encourage you on your journey with histiocytosis. This is episode 27, Seeds of Funding, the foundation of the Research Grants Program with Ali McFadden. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Wisniewski. We've found that in the histio community, people are often curious about the research grant process, how it's funded, how the applications are accepted, graded, and chosen for funding. We've had such feedback about this that we thought it was important to bring you the answers to the questions that you have. So we decided to design a three-part series that will be spread out along the year to answer your questions and the questions you didn't even know you had. This series will outline the growth that the cycle takes from fundraising to collecting applications, from scoring to awarding as these seed funds help researchers grow their projects toward interesting discoveries, viable new treatment options, or even inspiration for future research. Today we'll kick off that series with a foundational episode to lay the groundwork for the entire process and give you a glimpse into the beginning stages of the life of a grant cycle at the association. But first, I thought it might be helpful to give you a very bird's-eye view on how the grant cycle runs from start to finish. Our grant cycle opens up right around the middle of April, and we accept applications until the beginning of June, so it's a fairly small window, only about a month and a half. Once those applications are received and compiled, they go through a peer review process whereby the applications are shared with the Scientific Committee of the Histiocyte Society to review and score. This is one of the many ways in which the partnership between the Histiocytosis Association and the Histiocyte Society is so beneficial. This scoring process requires all of the committee members to review each individual application for various criteria, then score the applications, discuss amongst each other, etc. After the Scientific Committee scores all of the grant applications, everything is compiled and sent to the Scientific Committee Chair, and then during the annual meeting of the Histiocyte Society, the Scientific Committee sets aside an hour to meet solely to review and discuss the applications so they can make their final recommendations to the Board of the Histiocytosis Association as to which projects will make the greatest impact and should therefore be funded. From there, the applications are reviewed by the scientific members of the board of the association, and a final decision is made as to how many grants will be funded and which ones those will be, taking into consideration the recommendations of the Histiocyte Society Scientific Committee. In 2022, the association awarded four grant applicants $50,000 each toward their research projects. And this year, we did something new, fun, and exciting. Diana Fournier and I invited all four awardees to Zoom calls under the guise of needing to ask a question about their applications in order to surprise them with the news that they had actually been chosen to receive grant funding. We're going to be sharing those conversations with you on this three-part series. However, on this podcast, we're going to give you just a little snippet. We're going to share with you the exciting moments that they found out they were receiving the funding. But in order to talk about funded grants, we have to start at the very beginning. We have to talk about the money, how we raise it, why continued fundraising efforts are so crucial to our mission, and how the Histiocytosis Association has set itself up to be able to help our histio community in getting involved with the entire process. My guest today is my Histiocytosis Association colleague, Allegra McFadden, histio mom, volunteer, and now staff member. You're going to learn a lot, and you don't want to miss it. So let's get started. It's a project that if, if certain things don't hit, you know, we, we can't keep doing it. You know, you get a startup for a certain number of years. You're meant to use that money to do things that are new, that um, 
are hopefully going to result in something. And so that's, you know, I think why we've reached out to you all. We applied for an R21 at roughly the same time that didn't get funded. And so, um, you know, we're obviously going to resubmit that. And and we have a couple of other things that we're going to be working on. Uh, But at this point, you know, (laughs) we're we're at the point in the project where we're still excited about it. We have some preliminary data. and we kind of need to turn that into some level of external support to sort of keep things going. And so, you know, what this association should, in their infinite wisdom, they decide to grace us with some support. You know, it basically enables me to be able to keep the postdoc who's working on this employed for, for another year while we continue to seek external funding. Well, that's really, it was interesting because one of the questions that I was going to ask is, you know, how will the funding help? And um, the reason why I wanted to ask that question and the reason why we've actually brought you to meet with us today is because we are so excited to share with you that your grant application has been uh, funded. So (laughs) we're really thrilled to share the incredible news. Congratulations. It's a really amazing project and we're really happy to support it. Thank you. And and at some point, you know, we have these really cool videos that we would be happy to show you of like T-cell comes and, and it's really cool. When the T-cell makes contact with its target cell, it turns green. Wow. And so, like at the time that the kiss starts, the T-cell turns green. And at the time when the target cell dies, it turns red. And so... <laughs> So we have these videos where we take, you know, live cell imaging continuously. And, and so anyway, be, if, if at any point, you know, you want, oh, we funded the, 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 this lab at CHOP to do this thing. And, you know, you want a video, just let us know because they're very cute. Yeah, we'd love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hello and a very special welcome to our Histio community and listeners. What you just heard was Dr. Scott Canna from Children's Hospital of Philadelphia in Philadelphia, PA, as we gave him the news that his project entitled Defining and Testing the Hyperinflammatory Immune Synapse was awarded $50,000 in our 2022 grant cycle. Recently, we put out some polls on our social media about the podcast and what you, our listeners, would like to hear. We had quite a response to those polls, and many of you wanted to know more about our research grant process. Well, we heard you, and this year we're going to take a couple of podcast episodes to take you on a journey through the life of a grant cycle here at the association. Now, armed with that information, we decided to create this three-part series on the life of a grant cycle and, of course, start at the very foundation of a research grant program, which is money. Without the money, there can be no grants. So we thought we'd start there and talk a little bit about where we get the money from that funds the grants that we award each year. My guest today has a very unique story to share. You might remember some of her story from when she joined us on an episode last April as part of a panel of brand new Histio ambassadors. From Histio mom to association volunteer ambassador to fundraising event host to association staff member, Allegra McFadden has seen many facets of the organization and the fundraising process. But I don't want to jump too far ahead. I want Allie to share her story with you herself, and you'll quickly see how we tie it all back to the grant program. So, Allie, welcome to the podcast. It is great to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, as you know, this is the first of a three-part series in our research grant program. And today we're talking all about the way we raise funds, how our community plays a crucial role in that, 
and how your role at the association ties all of that together. But before we talk about that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your yourself and your own personal histio story? Sure. Well, I mean, it's pretty short. My name is Allie. You see it as a Lager, but everyone just calls me Allie. So if you see that pop up, just know it's the same person. Um, I am married to my high school sweetheart. We've been together 20 years this May, and together we have three children. We have a 16-year-old, an almost 14-year-old, and then our youngest is four years old, and he is our histio warrior. Prior to his diagnosis and being involved in the association, I worked full-time for uh, 911, and so that's my, my background. I was a 911 operator and dispatcher. Uh, Then I was fortunate enough to become a stay-at-home mom with my youngest, Hudson, and he was um, diagnosed with histiocytosis, Rosei Dorfman specifically, when he was eight months old. And from his diagnosis, I've just kind of uh, become involved with with awareness and with fundraising for the association, uh, just because I feel like it's a really important an important subject matter to get out there, and it's very obviously very near and dear to my heart. Excellent. Yeah. How is Hudson doing now? Hudson is doing a great. Um, he had two surgeries by the time he was 13 months old. His disease affects his lymph nodes, um, specifically in his groin, but thankfully he is, he is doing well on that end. He has had some, some recent tests come back abnormal. So we've got to go in for some blood work next week and they're trying to get it sorted out. But overall, he's a very healthy rambunctious four-year-old boy and I couldn't ask for anything better. So no complaints. Excellent news. Excellent news. Now you recently became a staff member at the Histiocytosis Association, but before that you became a volunteer ambassador for the organization. What inspired you to become an ambassador and what were some of the things you accomplished in your volunteer role? I was inspired to become an ambassador because I've seen the, the work that the association has done to help members in the histio community myself included when I was new to the histio um, diagnosis in world. And I just really felt inspired by what they had done. Really, I just wanted to give back and I wanted to be able to help other histio families with any struggles that they might have after diagnosis. As an ambassador, I was able to help participate in a pilot program where we took care bags into the hospital for newly diagnosed pediatric histio patients. And that was a, a wonderful thing to, to be involved in to help um, to help give back to new to new families that are just starting their journey. In addition to that, I work to continue to raise awareness and funds by hosting my own fundraisers and sharing about Histio on social media, as well as connecting newly diagnosed patients and families to the Histio Association when they needed help. Very, very important work. Thank you for all of that that you did. It's, it's amazing. Thank you. I would, um, I'd love to play another little audio clip from one of our grant recipients. This one is from Michael Jordan from Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center in Cincinnati, Ohio, for his project entitled Defining the Pathophysiology of HLH in Hematologic Malignancies. Let's take a listen. The real reason why we're um, why we asked you to join us today is because your project was selected for funding for the 2023 cycle. We wanted to. Uh, we don't always have a chance to do this. I don't know if we've done this face to face before, so we wanted to have an opportunity to do it face to face. Congratulations! <laughs> Trying to capture some of the surprise uh, surprise aspect. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh but anyway, gosh. congratulations. We're, well, it thank was, you. We're really yes. excited to support the project. 
<laughs> Thank you very much. Actually, that's wonderful news. I think uh, you can hear the excitement in Dr. Jordan's voice there, just um, learning that that he received this this uh, this grant funding. Now, again, we were talking about in the beginning how uh, you know money is the very basic foundation of our grant program. And um, so it's really important for us to raise funds in order to be able to fund these grants. Now, last year, you did just that. You planned a fundraiser for the association. Tell us about that fundraiser and the process you went through in planning it and and why you decided to do it to begin with. Of course. Um, Well, my fundraiser last year, uh, the main one was a a cornhole and dart tournament along with a raffle. Um, And since I was still new to the area, I didn't know a lot of people um, so I was really worried about not being able to, to do a fundraiser, but thankfully I connected with a local Jeep club here and they heard about our cause and they offered to help us set up the fundraiser. So I was very fortunate for that. They helped to secure a venue and they organized the tournament portion while I focused on being able to reach out to businesses to explain to them about histiocytosis awareness month, what our cause was and to request donation items for the raffle. And by doing that, I was able to secure a good amount of donations for the raffle. And then I was able to then go out and share the raffle and the event itself on social media groups, advertising the event. It was important to me because I know that so much of the the grant process and the research comes from money that we are able to raise. And I've participated in or organized my own fundraisers for Histio Awareness Month since Hudson was diagnosed back in 2019. And the reason being is because Histio is so rare, it just doesn't get the backing of federal funding like the larger disease group. So it's it's up to us, the friends and the family members and the Histio Awards themselves to get out there on the front lines if we're able to so that we can help with raising those vital, vital funds needed in order to support these grants and the research that will ultimately hopefully lead to a cure for Histio. You make a really good point about um, about histio because it is an, an orphan disease. Uh, we don't get federal funding, so it's a really important point to make that that we do have to raise everything that we need for the grant program and, and other programs um, ourselves, and we depend on our community to be able to do that. Now, compared to some of the other rare disease organizations that are out there, we are actually relatively small. We have a very grassroots founding, and still today we operate in a very grassroots kind of way, which I think I think our community appreciates that, having that one-on-one connection with the, with the staff members. Now, with that said, I think it's important to note that we definitely, again, as we just said, rely on the fundraising efforts of our community in order to be able to do the work that we do. And that includes our outreach and education programs, but also fundraising, which directly impacts the number of grants we're able to fund each year. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to hear two more clips from our grant awardees and learn about an exciting fundraiser coming up, which will directly impact our 2023 research grants. We'll be right back. This is Kathy Brewer, president of the Erdheim-Chester Disease Global Alliance. I am super excited to announce that our annual event, 
the ECD Patient and Family Gathering will be taking place on April 27th and 28th at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. The Patient and Family Gathering provides a unique opportunity for those living with ECD and their families to engage with some of the top doctors from around the world. Attendees will hear presentations on a wide variety of topics, including new ECD treatment methods, updates on research and studies, and how to obtain additional resources for caregivers. And of course, the event also serves as a great opportunity to form new relationships with others in the ECD community. We hope to see you at our annual ECD Patient and Family Gathering on April 27th and 28th at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. You can find complete details on our website, www.erdheim-chester.org. Or you can contact the ECD patient navigator, Belinda Cobb, at 337-401-7657. I look forward to seeing you at the event. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Allie McFadden, Fundraising Events Coordinator at the Association. In this half, you'll once again get to be a fly on the wall as we listen in on the remaining two 2022 grant recipients as they receive the news that their projects would be receiving funding. There's still a lot to cover, so let's dive right in. Now, last month in January of 2023, you joined the association as the fundraising events coordinator. What made you um, want to join the team as a full-time employee and what drew you to this position? Well, since Hudson was diagnosed back in 2019, helping others in their fight against histio has just kind of become my my passion, almost like my my mission in life. My focus changed when he was diagnosed. I am so fortunate for Hudson's current state of health, but the moment he was diagnosed and I began learning about histio, I realized how bad it could have been and how bad it could still because so much is unknown. Um for the, for the future of Histio. That feeling of just helplessness and confusion and fear really pushed me to wanting to be involved in helping in the fight against Histio. I feel that as a mom in my position whose child is currently healthy, the best way that I can give back is to continue this mission for the other parents, the patients, and the families who are in the fight of their life right now and can't exert any more energy to anything else other than their battle for survival. And for me personally, the Histio Association was there for me when I was a new Histio mom. And I remember how much better I felt knowing that I had that support. And so I couldn't think of a better place to work to continue in my own personal mission because it aligned so well with the Histio Association's mission. It's a very, it's a very noble and selfless cause. So um, we're excited to have you on the team for sure. It's been it's been great working with you so far, and I look forward to what we'll accomplish together moving forward. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your role. What, what are you going to be responsible for as the fundraising events coordinator? Um, well, as the fundraising events coordinator, I will be assisting in supporting, planning, and creating fundraisers and awareness events that are both internally organized and volunteer organized. So for example, we have the annual fundraisers that I'll be working on to help continue with the the seamless process of those. Um, But I will also be here to help. So if someone reaches out to the Histio Association and they would like help planning their own fundraiser in support of the association, 
then I can be that, that person to help them. I know a lot of times when, when people are family, they're newly diagnosed and they want to get involved. Like, like I did when Hudson was diagnosed, it's nice to have someone that, that you can turn to, to help you kind of get your plan into focus. And so that'll be one of my primary responsibilities. And I'm looking forward to connecting with, with other histio families and people through that aspect. That's great. I I think it's um it's important to to note that um when we have new families or patients that are interested in holding a fundraiser, we we will help them as much or as little as they want. We have we have several fundraisers that they don't ask for any help; they just do it on their own, and um, then they send us what they raise when they're done. Um, but then there are others that we help tremendously, and um, we we are excited about any level of help that we can give in the area of fundraising. So. If it's something that someone was thinking of doing, <laughs> we, we, we are here to help you. So just know that, that that's available. So I think that this is a great place to, to play a number three of four clips of uh, from our 2022 grant recipients. This one is from Dr. Gaurav Goyal from the University of Alabama, Birmingham, when he received the news that he was being awarded a histiocytosis association grant for his project entitled Burden of Morbidity and Premature Mortality in Patients with Langerhans Cell Histiocytosis. So this funding will be a very um, it'll be a very big step to generate preliminary evidence, and then we will use that money um, that money for generating the evidence, and then apply for NIH funding for a much larger study. That's awesome. A lot of work definitely going on in, in the <laughs> and then another study team works really really hard. Well, thank you, thank you so much for for clarifying and for taking some time to talk with us. I am really glad to hear what you're working on. I think that the project is really important and um, already has been very successful. So um, Kathy and I are very thrilled to share with you that the real reason why we asked you to join the call with us today is that your project has been selected for funding from the 2022 grant cycle, and you'll be awarded $50,000 for your project. And we wanted to share this with you in face-to-face. And Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I can feel like my cells getting activated, you know, <laughs> as you're speaking. I can't dance in Zoom, but, you know, my heart is dancing. <laughs> we can dance. I we think do. we can dance. We're doing <laughs> I love the way that he says that he can feel his cells are getting activated. Once a researcher, always a researcher, I guess. To me, this clip shows how excited and passionate these doctors are about carrying out their research and working towards finding better treatments and a cure. Now, a large part of my own role is working with the Histiocyte Society, and I get to work with these doctors every day and see their dedication and commitment. But um, not not a lot of people get to see that all the time. So I love being able to insert these clips and, and give give our listeners just a glimpse into their dedication and their passion. So what what do you hope our listeners take away from hearing all of these clips? You know, I really hope that they will take away and understand just how meaningful it is. Um, every, every donation counts. Everyone makes an impact. And what's really amazing when you listen to these is you can hear like the excitement in their voices, knowing that these grants are being awarded to them so they can continue their work. And many of these doctors don't have a personal connection to Histio. They are just very inspired by Histio warriors and they want to, to help in their future and in, in find these, these better treatments and hopefully one day cure. So I just hope that they realize that 
their donation is going to a great cause and it's doing life-changing work. Right. Absolutely. I think we've we've established that fundraising is a very important part of the work that we do at the association. What is your perspective on why that is? Well, really, it's because, as we mentioned earlier, because it is an orphan disease and history always considered so rare, we don't get that funding from the federal government. So in order for these, these doctors and these researchers to learn more about histiocytosis and to find better treatments and to hopefully one day find a cure, they need the funding to help make that possible. So it's just really important that, that we get the word out there and we let people know, hey, you know, we would love it if you could help us in this mission because it does go to, to truly help our histio warriors and to find better treatments. And if you look back at, at 30 years ago com- compared to now, you can see that, that these funds and these, these research grants have truly made a difference and we just hope to keep climbing that scale. Absolutely. Yeah, we've had we've had um some of our grant recipients on the podcast in the past. We did did one uh the, towards the end of last year, last fall, and it's just always so exciting to hear the progress that they've made even in such a short amount of time. They had gotten their awards only a year prior, so it's definitely exciting to hear that and we will continue to do that and, and keep people updated via 12-month reports and six-month reports and things on our website and the podcast and and newsletters and things like that. So it's it it's it's one way we want to help the help our listeners kind of connect with the work that's going on and be able to see what's being done. And we have one final clip that I'd like to share with our audience and this one to me shows the gratitude and the need that these physicians and scientists have for grant opportunities to keep doing the work that they're doing. Now, this last clip is from Dr. Kim Nichols of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. And she was awarded $50,000 for her project entitled Immunoprotozoam Inhibition as a Novel Therapy for Hemophagocytic Lymphohistiocytosis. And she was also awarded an additional $1,000 known as our Founders Grant in order to support expenses related to travel to medical conferences in order to either increase her own knowledge and or share her knowledge with others. This grant was started a couple of years ago in honor of Jeffrey Tohill, founder of the Histiocytosis Association, and is awarded to the highest scoring grant application. So let's take a listen. Um, my fellow actually was asked to present this orally at ASH. So, you know, I'm actually leaving um, because she's presenting on Saturday. So I think there's recognition of the potential utility of this. Um, So, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes. (laughs) That's wonderful. Congratulations on the presentation at ASH. And um, I know that, uh, you know, the the R21 might still be undetermined, but what we can answer for you is that the real reason why we asked you to join us today is because your uh, application has been selected for funding for the 2022 cycle with the HA. So congratulations. Wow, you're giving me goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's very nice. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, every... Even though I'm at St. Jude, I'll tell you, every little bit helps, um, seriously, because they're not like, the spigot isn't freely flowing. <laughs> so, And there's always more that one can do. So thank you so much. That's really very generous of the association. I appreciate your support. 
And to me, this clip speaks volumes. It shows the desire and the willingness to take research further, the struggle to acquire funding in order for the work to start or to continue, and the gratitude that researchers have when their peers and granting organizations have so much faith in their projects that they agree that it deserves the funding. What do you take away from hearing all of these clips? You know, I w- I loved all of the clips. Hers really got me just on a personal level, just to hear that level of of excitement in her voice and just how grateful she was because, because I am a histio mom. And so it, it feels really good just to, to hear them get so excited and about their mission to go out there and try to make, try to make an impact in the histio world. It's, it's an amazing thing to listen to. And it's, I think it's great for the community to hear, as you mentioned, you don't, People don't always get to hear from the doctors and the scientists and the researchers, but just being able to just have those those little clips and to hear their reactions, it's really amazing because they truly are just people trying to do great work. Absolutely. And although we only heard the video clips in in, in podcast form, I can I can share that uh, when we were on the Zoom calls with these these four uh, scientists and physicians, every single one of them did a little dance. <laughs> they were all very excited that um, that uh, their peers uh, see the value in the work that they're doing and are excited to continue to do that work. So. It was it was such a fun experience to be able to notify them in this way. We hadn't done it in this way before. Well, before we wrap up, I always like to give my guests the opportunity to share any final thoughts that they have. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our Histio community? Yes, I would. Uh, this is February, and uh, most people in the Histio community are aware that it is Rare Disease Awareness Month, um, specifically February 28th, the most rare day of the year, has been coined Rare Disease Day. So we would love it if you guys could help us share about Histio. You can wear your stripes on Rare Disease Day. And the Histio Association, we have actually started a fundraiser um, in a donation campaign form in honor of Rare Disease Day, and it is called We Care About Rare. So if you feel inclined, please participate and or share the fundraiser in honor of Rare Disease Day. It'll be a week-long campaign with the goal of reaching $2,800 by the end of day on the 28th. And as you can hear, the money raised um, will go to help us continue in our mission of helping provide vital funds for research for Histio, which is an amazing way to just help give back and, and keep pushing that research forward. That's awesome. That's an awesome initiative. And I will I will put the link to the webpage down in our show notes so it's easy for people to find. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation that I think provided a really comprehensive foundation as to how our research grant program runs from the very beginning of the cycle. So Ali, thank you so much for being here with me today and for helping me to shed some light to our listeners on the importance of fundraising and the direct impact it has on our funded grants. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So there you have it. We hope you've enjoyed this first episode in our three-part series, taking a closer look at our research grant program. As we mentioned, the very foundation, the seed of this process of growth is the money. The funds we raise as an organization are the lifeblood for the research grant program, and it's your fundraising efforts that allow us this opportunity to inject this funding into the research world and make the amazing progress we've made over the past several decades. As a fundraiser, you play a very unique and up-close role in this life cycle of a grant in a way that you can actually see. If you look back over the years of research and progress, you'll soon clearly see how far we've come because of your efforts. We cannot do this without you. Your role is critical. 
If this episode has inspired you to plan your own fundraiser for the association, you'll find Allie's email in the show notes. Be sure to reach out to her and she will guide and assist you throughout the entire process. Now, somewhere around mid-year, we'll bring you the second part of this series, where we'll be speaking with the chair of the Histiocyte Society's Scientific Committee as she shares with us the process for scoring the applications and how they make their recommendations to the association board as to which projects they feel should receive funding. Then, at the end of the year, we'll release the third and final episode in the series when we talk with the 2022 grant recipients and get an update on where they are with their projects and the progress they've made. If you like this episode, please consider leaving a review, sharing with a friend, leaving us a comment, or taking a screenshot of the episode and tagging us on Instagram at histiocytosis underscore association. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you're notified every time a new episode of Beyond the Diagnosis is released. Remember, we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, you can email it to podcast at histio.org and put podcast idea in the subject line. For links to websites, studies, articles, or resources referenced in today's episode, be sure to check the show notes. As always, we've so enjoyed bringing you this episode of the podcast and look forward to sharing our next episode coming soon. Until then, take good care.